everyone. Welcome back to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. Thank you for joining me on another chill journey. I've got a really good one today. It's very light. It's a fun conversation. And if you've ever been interested in doing a Spartan race and haven't had a chance to do one yet, or even an obstacle course race and haven't had a chance to do one yet, uh, I've got a conversation for you. This is a conversation about how a novice can get into obstacle course running, where to train, how to train for it, the differences between the organizations, and how what you should expect on course, how to maneuver through the, the obstacles themselves. Uh, and to do so, I've brought in a, uh, an expert, really fun, fun person to talk to. She is an OCR pro. She's my coach. And she shares some really great stories. Uh, just wait until you get to the Tough Mudder electrical wire story. <laughs> it's always a fun one to listen to those. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome back to The Trail Life. Tiffany Palmer. This episode of the Trail Life Podcast is brought to you by Solomon. Solomon is celebrating 75 years as a brand, and we're thrilled to have them as our presenting sponsor to the Trail Life Podcast and the Endurance Race Series. Their passion for outdoor sports, new technology, and craftsmanship has driven them and still does to create progressive gear to enable you to freely enjoy and challenge yourself in the great outdoors. Today, Solomon has an incredible lineup of road and trail running footwear and hydration gear, perfect for any runner on any terrain, no matter the challenge. Check them out today at your local running store like Runner's Roost or on Solomon.com. Well, help me turn the turn in. The elusive Tiffany Palmer, finally, <laughs> finally back in studio. I've been trying to get you to get back in here forever, and you keep ignoring me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. Not true. Um, so we're talking about uh, some Spartan stuff today. Anytime I bring you in here, we're always talking Spartan, which is good because Spartan is part of the trail running community, and, and we want to dive into some of the novice deals first. I want to talk about the 50K you just did in January. Yes, let's do it. Because that was your first 50K. Yes, that so, was my first distance over a half ever. Yeah, mm -hmm. it went extremely well. It, it was awesome. Um, the course was fantastic, the setup, everything about it. I felt really, really strong for never running a distance like that. And I felt like my hydration and fuel was on point, so that really helped. And I was able to stay in zone two for about 90% of it. So it was good. good. Yeah. And you placed, I can't remember, you placed 12th overall? Yeah, 12th something, overall. Something yeah, like something that? like that. Yeah. So first time, 50K, yeah. that's pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah. Under six hours, that's what I was going for. <laughs> I think if I remember correctly, it was fifth place female, 12th overall. I okay, yeah. I think, something along those yeah, lines. So like pretty good for your first time. Yeah, I'll take it. So... The one thing I want to ask you about, and yeah. you know this is coming. It's coming. It's <laughs> happening. <laughs> so let's talk what you learned. Yep. Yeah. In your first time around. Yeah, for sure. So uh, <laughs> know where your drop bag's at, Stoner. Um, yeah, it's important, right? So I actually had Tailwind, a, another leader 
in there, just like ready to go and pick up. I hit mile 32 and was like, man, I still haven't seen my drop bag. I don't know where it is. So just held on and finished it out and then figured out at the end of the race where the drop bag was. So, yeah. Yeah. And just so everybody knows it's listening in, it was right in front of her. Completely. Yeah. When she got to the aid station. Yeah. It was awesome. Yep. So, uh, you know, for, first time, I just want to look away. Yeah. Just keep running. So, right. so. A, know where your drop bag is yes. and what it looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> My, minor details. Minor, minor yeah. technicalities there. Yeah. So, um, but you made it through. I did. You're yeah. good to go. Yep. Um, yeah. Will you be doing another one? That's the big Ooh. question. It's mm. not on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, no. So yeah, I'm more into the obstacles. I need to like break the run up and yeah, yeah get my mind off of it. Yeah, running so, yeah. 30 miles without an obstacle in there. Yeah. I tried. I tried to find some place where I could throw a stump, a tree, yeah. root, anything. Right. I just couldn't do it. I had moments I thought about crawling and rolling, but yeah, yeah. just stayed on my feet. Yeah. <laughs> do, a bear, do a bear crawl <laughs> yeah, up exactly. Bernardo Mountain. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, what's yeah. she doing? Like, I don't know. I'm just getting my, my, just get my obstacles in. in. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> a little training. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we are talking about Spartan today. So I um, thank you for coming in. And uh, we wanted to talk about it from a novice perspective and where people can look at from from a training perspective on, on how to get into Spartan racing. So if we're talking about everyday average Joe weekend warrior, that's like getting off his couch and Hey, I'm going to sign up for a Spartan race. Yeah. When he starts to look at that Spartan race stuff, what's the differences between a Spartan sprint all the way up to your Spartan super beast? Yeah. Like what's the differences? So three different levels. Uh, there's actually, actually four. So we can start with the stadium. Uh, stadium race is about a 5k distance. Um, you're going up and down a lot of steps because it is at a stadium. So it makes a little bit different there. Uh, sprint is going to be your 3.1 miles with about 20 obstacles. The super is going to be a 6.2 mile race, and it's got about 25 to 27 obstacles, depending on the race. And the beast is going to be 13.1 miles. Uh, They're trying to standardize the courses. So the stadium and sprint are always going to be a little bit easier with the obstacles. They will have the same exact obstacles at all the sprints and stadiums. Supers will increase in... uh, difficulty and the beast will be even harder than the super. So they've started standardizing all three, um, making sure you know what you get into. So stadium and sprint would be really good to sign up for a uh, novice. Now, do they, do they change the obstacles every year for like races? So if you're, you sign up for a, let's just call it a stadium race one year and you go back the same time of date, is it always kind of a, like you said, standardized situation where it's like, oh, you can expect these type of obstacles the entire way. Yeah, absolutely. So they, the past couple years have been trying to get into that to where if you're going to a stadium, you know what obstacles to expect every now and then specific races will have different ones, but for the most part, about 95% of the obstacles will be the same. So yeah. So if you're then training, if that's what you get into, like if you just want to do the sprints or the stadiums, you kind of know, like this is your wheelhouse. This is the obstacles that you should be, um, training for. Right. Yep. So what's the separation from an obstacle? Because as you said, as you get, uh, further and further in your distance, what do they do from a separation perspective as far as 
obstacles being in between one another? Is it one or two right after one and after one another? Is it you have to run a quarter mile or half mile to get to your next right next one? Yeah, that's a good question. So with the shorter races, um, obstacles tend to be a little bit closer together. I do know what the Spartan race directors try to do is to get everyone spaced out at the beginning. So you'll run for a little bit and the obstacles will be relatively easy and you'll have a longer run at the beginning and then you'll start getting a a pretty quick flow with the obstacles with shorter runs in between um, toward the end of the race. And that's typically with the super and beast too. Um, You will run further at the beginning of a beast than you would at a sprint just to space everybody out a little bit. Yeah. I remember this is going back to the, when they very first started Spartan races, I did two of them. I remember, uh, I think we ended up having to run like six miles almost. Oh my gosh. Right. It's brutal. If like yeah. four, four to six miles before you even got to your first obstacle. Yeah. And I doubt that it's like that yeah. anymore, but that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. And some people, some friends of ours will probably say, maybe I should go and do another Spartan just to, Yeah. (laughs) but that's my experience is I ended up having to run four miles, but it did separate everybody out. Like I got to the obstacle and I was like one of only three people there. Yeah, exactly. So I made it a little bit easier. So it's good that they don't do that anymore. Yeah, that is brutal. It is not, it's not what we're talking about being tired when you get to obstacles. You're like, what the hell? I just ran four miles uphill. Right. Both ways. (laughs) Both ways in the snow. And they nest, they just gave me my first obstacle. Yeah. Um, you know, we're very lucky or, um, or I guess I'm lucky to be a member and, and you're a coach at, uh, our sponsor, MROC training facility here in Oceanside. So, you know, as a bunch of members are familiar with it, that, uh, Jim and myself, like we have the opportunity to train for Spartan races, the rigs and Olymp- Mount Olympus and Z walls and monkey bars and everything else. Right. So you get a lot, there are gyms out there that you can go to that are dedicated to obstacle course racing. We're lucky enough we have one here in Oceanside. If I'm a, again, weekend warrior, average Joe getting off the couch, how do I go about that if I don't want to get into one of those gyms? Like, is there a way that you can actually train, you know, in a, in a, globo gym Mm -hmm. by yourself or on a playground and still get the same results i think first step a lot of people look at a spartan race and they're like almost overthinking the obstacles themselves when primary focus is going to be i mean you have to run like 90 percent of the race is running so first things first you need to make sure you are either walking jogging running getting out there um that way you have the endurance to get through a 3.1 mile race, right? So that's step one, run. Yeah. Um, be able to do that. And then races, you just get, so it's funny, in 2016 when I started obstacle course racing, I didn't have a gym to go to. So that was a perfect question. I <laughs> Two years I spent working out on a playground, um, going through and learning obstacles on the playground and making sure I understood momentum and how to use it. Um, So you can essentially break down any race. So there's pretty much four categories. You've got over walls, you've got crawling, you have overhead grip obstacles where you're hanging, suspended underneath of some sort of attachments, and then you have carries. So you kind of want to break them down. If you were to go to a playground, really, really easy to do, especially here with this weather, it's beautiful. Yeah. 
over walls, you want to think about the muscle groups that you have to get over a wall, right? Uh, one step will be a vertical jump. So if you go to a playground and you find a bench, picnic table, whatever that is, you can do step ups, you can do box jumps. So jumping up onto it, um, step ups really, really help quad dominance, be able to propel yourself over something. Um, and you want to think about a muscle up, right? So tricep extension, meaning being able to push yourself up and over a wall. So breaking down tricep dips, just use the same bench, put your hands behind you, do some dips, strengthen those small muscles. That way when you get to a wall, you can propel yourself up and over. You have the strength to do it. Um, a lot of people neglect mobility, so you want to make sure you can throw your leg up and over a wall <laughs> to be able to get over. Otherwise, you're yeah. just going to be stuck there, right? Like exactly. You get your sternum there, and then you're like, and now what? <laughs> so you want to make sure you get down like a deep squat, open up your hips, and uh, just use your elbows, push open. So I think um, looking at any obstacle and just breaking it down into a, a sense of a beginner is really, really efficient. Um, crawling, right? When you're going on your walk or your run, yeah, you might look silly, but get down into a bear crawl and just practice staying really, really low and then go back to a run or a walk. That way you get used to what that feels like. Um, burns out your hip flexors in a way that you're not probably ready for in a race. Uh, things break down, so you want to make sure that that's ready to go. Um, and then you want to go into the overhead obstacles. So this is going to be your playground. So you've got monkey bars there for the kids. Just pull your knees up, especially for you. You're tall. For me, it works. Um, those, on those four-foot monkey bars yeah, that they have. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Um, so first thing you want to think about doing is just grab onto the bar. You never want your shoulders right at your ears. So you want to think about squeezing your shoulder blades together and you just want to dead hang. Um, novice, let's see how that goes. Try to hang as long as you can. If it's three seconds of first day, okay, cool. Next time, try to go for four, try to go to for five. Uh, if we feel good there, once we start building that up, all right, you're going to practice working on momentum. So you're going to try to throw your legs side to side and you're going to practice going through that. Um, you can play with monkey bars all the time. So just getting better. Grip strength builds really, really quick, uh, especially when you're first starting. So practice there, see how you go and progress through. Um, the last obstacle that typically you guys will find are gonna be carries. So you have a bucket, you go to Home Depot, you get a cheap bucket, you get yep. some sand that's really cheap, you put it in there and you put the top on and you just practice running with it. Run, walk, take it up a hill, take it for a walk around your neighborhood. Again, you're gonna get those looks, but still it you know, prepares you for what you're about to about to endure. When they do uh, buckets at the Spartan races, yes. are you doing uh, one each hand, are you doing one over the shoulder like what what should people expect when they're carrying those buckets yeah that's a good question so you get one bucket it has a lid screwed into the top and you can carry it in your front rack so like by your belly you can propel it onto your shoulder so you're carrying it on the shoulder which seems to be the easiest way um your chest is open you can breathe uh you can also put it on your back so kind of two hands right side to side hugging it to your back you can walk pretty easy with it that way and then what's the weights i mean do they have oh. different weights at um, at the Spartan races or it's a standardized weight, like whether you're, whether you're my size or your size, yeah. are you doing the same, same weight? Yeah. So female, uh, and males will always be different. 
at a Spartan race, uh, females obviously will be a little bit less. That also depends on the race. So they get volunteers to fill the buckets. Um, so depending on that day and the volunteer, you just see what happens. You pick Somebody's it up got a little and, heavy hand, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. You never know. <laughs> I mean, we're not trying to be discriminatory. We, yeah. You know, everybody's got to be equal, right? right? Isn't that right. the way it goes? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you yeah. got to pick up 50 pounds, yeah, then it's you, yeah. picking up 50 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's very true. I do know, um, so sprint, supers, and beast. The carries typically are shorter for the sprints, a little bit longer for the super, and even longer for the beast. So be prepared for that. Um, if you are going into a race and it's in any sort of mountainous terrain or hilly, they're going to make you carry up a hill. It's just, it's known. So be ready for that. Make sure you practice going up and down. Uh, the eccentric, so coming down is a little more hard, like hard on the quads. So make sure you just practice downhills too. Yeah. So I, I, I want to go back to one of the things you said, because I think it's really, really a great point is the momentum. For sure. Learning how to move your body the way you needed to. Like, is there like mobility exercises that help with that? Like, how do you start to practice some of that momentum? I mean, yeah. what's the process of doing something like that? Like, let's just take it from a, from a monkey bar perspective, right? If you're trying to swing in the monkey bars or you're trying to even climb up a rope, like there's yeah. so many different movements that you have to, your body has to get used to. Yeah, for sure. Um, shoulders. So you got to be mobile in your shoulders. Um, if you've got a broomstick at home, just go ahead and use the broomstick, go really wide with your grip and you want to take the broomstick from the front and you want to drive it all the way back with your arms straight. So that's a really good way to make sure the shoulders are warm, primed, ready to go. Um, you also want to try to get a band if that's a possibility and just work mobility with the, with the band. So stretching overhead into a hold there. Um, and then once you get onto the monkey bars, just practicing the side to side is really going to loosen up the shoulders. You really want to practice an active hold. So making sure again, those shoulders are away from your ears. That way you're not pulling onto the shoulder caps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's let's go back to your your first first training <laughs> yeah. is back to the endurance. Yeah. So because there's I mean this is trail running we're, we're pretty much talking about unless you're doing a stadium where you're going up and down stairs which is right. a completely different beast anyway. Yeah. But the the running aspect of it uh, how how important is like hill repeats and sprints or like how does that how does that play into some of the training is that still something you should look into yeah for sure so once you let's call it build our base right um once you can consistently get onto a trail at least three days a week and get in a solid 30 to 45 minute session whether it be you're walking you're hiking whatever that looks like for you meet you where you're at right you don't need to push past your limits and then hurt yourself. So figure out where you are in your base. Once you start building that, meaning you can continually do that for about three to five days a week, then you can start adding in interval sessions. You can start adding in those hill repeats, maybe sprinkle them in one to two times throughout the week. Um, and you don't need to overdo it. So you want to make sure if you're doing hill repeats, they're spread out maybe two weeks, especially if you're not your base isn't built. Uh, that way you don't get injured and then can't race. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, like you said, it's 90% yeah. running really is what it comes down to. Right. So getting that, getting those hills in, getting the, the sprints and, yeah. And so it's, um, so one of the things that so Spartan isn't the only 
obstacle course racing organization. You've right. got um, Tough Mudder is another one. Yeah. And I know each one is, is a little bit different what they have. So when it comes to like doesn't tough mudder still do like some kind of like water obstacle or something yeah they do have, a lot so yeah how do you how would you go about training some of that like what do they normally do with the water obstacles and how would you go about is there something that you could do to train for some of those a pool would be awesome if you've got that i mean that right there they do a lot of underwater type stuff like you're not swimming underwater but there's points where you're going to be submerged for a second right. or two in Tough Mudder. Um, and there's also a lot of water obstacles where you have to pull your body out of the water. Uh, one thing that's really cool about Tough Mudder, they're all about community. So they're all about helping each other and making sure you have people there with you to help. Um, but practicing going to like, if you guys have this here, I'm from Maryland. So this is what I used to practice, um, finding like a Creek bed, right. And just running through it. That way you're like learning how to lift your knees up and do high knees while running. Uh, a lot of your trail community, they, they do that probably all the time. Um, but just feeling comfortable in water is super helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, (laughs) I always got kind of interested and always in the, would they do the electrical wire still? Oh God, stop it. Yeah, they right. do. They mm-hmm. still do that. Yeah. Right. So, oh. um, so just be prepared. If you're going to do something on the tough motor, that's one of the things that's like one of their trademark yeah. obstacles, I think is the electrical wire. Yeah. And it's not anything crazy, but it still stings a little bit. All right. Well, I'm laughing so hard because I have a story about that. Okay. So go for it. I've done one tough motor. And uh, one and done because I got shocked in the face. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So uh, about probably now, seven years ago, the Tough Mudder and they had a barbed wire crawl with the electrical lines coming down. Right. And I'm like, oh, this there's no way they actually they're live. So I'm going through my sister's going in front of me and we're like bear crawling through it. Well, I thought she kicked me in the head. So I like blacked out for a second. I woke up in the mud and I'm like, what just happened? So I finished crawling through. I'm like, why'd you kick me? She's like, I did not touch you. So that was fun. Yeah. I think they've toned it down a notch. I've heard it's not that bad anymore. So I don't want to, I don't want to make you well, go when you, have people, when you have people blacking out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like they turned it down a little bit. But is every wire... It's not. Alive? No, no. I was going to say. There's like a couple, I think, that they put in there. So you can run through it, and typically you're fine. Yeah. And you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's why I was laughing. <laughs> I was like, oh. Crank the volume up as high as it can get. And yeah, right? <laughs> see people Go. just passing out <laughs> yeah. underneath, the, underneath it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And one of the other things, too, like I always, like the, I guess that would be similar with the Spartan and their barbed wire crawls, right? Yes. Like those are... And how long have they, because those, those seem, from what I understand, they've gotten a little bit longer as far as how far you have to crawl underneath it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they've, they've also gotten a little lower too. Yeah. So some people will practice bear crawling um, and it's too high. You're just going to get like torn to shreds your back. So really when, when you're practicing, you want to try to get as low as you can. You can also practice like a rolling technique. Um, if for any reason you like to roll, just make sure you flip your body like halfway through that way, when you get out, you're not completely dizzy. Um, nice. So when you're you. when you're trying to see what's going on at your neighbor's house, when you're crawling through their yeah. front yard, yep. right? That's that's your training, right? That's there. it. Yeah, <laughs> trying to be that creeper. That's that's right. <laughs> that's all you. That's not me. <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> noted. <laughs> um, so 
we've signed up for the races. We yeah. know what's going on. We've trained. Yeah. What should uh, what should somebody expect when they get on site? Like, what are what are some of the things that they'll see before they even get started with the race? Yeah. So, step one: arrive early, always. Um, registration can take a little bit of time, so you want to make sure you're there, you're prepped, and you're not freaking out. One like keynote is whatever time that you sign up for, you can always run after if it's an open way, if you just can't run before. So make sure you're there ready to go. Um, when you get to the race, they've got pretty good parking depending on the venue. Uh, it's pretty close. If not, they give you a shuttle. So you're ready to go. Uh, drop you off right at the front and then you walk through and they've got a drop bag, which is really nice. So make sure you have your bag <laughs> and sure you you'll know, know where, where it is. <laughs> make you sure you know where your drop bag God, is. I knew it was, I'm never living that down. <laughs> um, so you can get all of your fuel, whatever you need. If you have a pack, you can put it on and then just put your drop bag. You can pick that bag up anytime you want, anytime you need to. Obviously lots of venue music. There's a lot of people, a lot of volunteers. So if you have any questions, you can ask. Uh, you'll see the start line, see the finish line. You can actually walk around. Typically I do my warm up just to go toward the finish line and see what the obstacles look like. That's one thing that's really nice about Spartan. The end of the race typically has a lot of obstacles that you can see. So you can always walk around that way you feel a little more comfortable about you what can't you're going to get You can't get, get on them. You cannot get on right, them. Right. You can just yeah. look and see what they You can is. just look. Yeah. Look, don't touch. Yeah. Right, got it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that really helps kind of ease some of the nerves too. That way you can get a feel for at least what you're about to get into. They've got um, a huge map, which is also really nice. That way, when you walk through, you can see it. You can kind of visualize what you're about to go through. Yeah. So what's the, um, is clothing any different than your regular race? Like, what would you what would you recommend for clothing? Yeah, less is more, honestly. Um, so you're going to get wet. The more that you have on, it's going to get really, really heavy. Mm -hmm. It's really going to get really muddy. Um, you definitely want trail shoes. So you want to obviously be able to run in the trail, but you also want those lugs to be able to do the obstacles. Typically you don't want cotton, like you don't want to wear cotton. It's going to get really, really heavy. You want tight shorts, tight tank top, um, depending on the, the weather and where you are. Yeah. Get it all tight. That's right. Tight. Get it right. Show, get show it, it tight. all off. Show it all off, you know? Yes. Um, <laughs> so as you're going through the race, like what are some of the, as you get started and you're going through the race itself, like what are some of the tips or things that you'll notice or see or should understand um, as you're going through the event? Uh, trail markers, step one, they've got really good tape. So it's typically white tape, uh, lets you know the area that you are gonna go through. They have really good signs. Anytime an obstacle is coming up, there will be a sign. And what's really awesome, especially for beginners, a lot of beginners get to a race and they think they have to do the obstacles. Um, they actually, when they have signs that say, if you lack any capability or feeling that you can do this obstacle, it's okay. Give it a try, right? If you were to fall off or if it doesn't work, then do burpees. So at Spartan Race, yeah, yeah, slap in the face, right? <laughs> um, so at Spartan Race, for any failed obstacle, no matter what it is, it's 30 burpees when you guys are out on the trail. Three, you said. Yeah, yeah something like three? that. I said yeah, 30, three. Three zero. Three, repeat, three zero. Oh, look, people are going to come mad. <laughs> Where's she at? She said three. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, if you lack any capability or if you're just a little bit nervous to try one of the obstacles, you just go off to the side. They have a burpee pit. 
So typically it's just roped off. You just walk over there and you do your burpees. One thing that's really awesome, something that I know our community does is we just had a race and a lot of our people did their race for the first time. A lot of our athletes, uh, they just combine their burpees, right? So you've got 10 people and you're doing 30 burpees. Let's all do 10 together and then we'll get up and we'll go to the next obstacle. So again, meet, meet yourself where you are. Don't look at the obstacles like, I can never do that because you can, you just need to work your way through. Look at every race as like a benchmark, right? Say, see where you are now. And then the next time try to do less burpees. Yeah. Is it, is it uh, across the board for any obstacle course um, organization? Do you always end up having to do burpees if you don't get it? Is that just a Spartan? It's just a Spartan thing. Yeah. Fucking Spartan. Right. Jesus. I know. It's terrible. Dirty. We need to, we need to talk to Joe on that one. Huh? All right. I'll make a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make a call. We're going down to three burpees. We're going to three. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Which means Stoner talked about It's three now. (laughs) We we decided. Yeah. We're done. (laughs) So from, uh, and their aid stations are the same dealer, right? Like they've got the nutrition and hydration there at the stations. Is yeah, that- typically. Um, I know 100% they have water. So Dixie cup, right? It's already filled. Pick it up, go for it. Um, at some of the, some of the races, they do have aid stations where there's fuel as well. Um, I would always, if you're in doubt, bring your stuff with you, make sure your pack's ready to go. And you always have more than, than you think you need. Um, what's different about Spartan, you kind of get extremely tired so if you're just used to trail running adding in the obstacles takes a little bit more than you think so making sure that you're a little over fueled if you need it mm-hmm. and just bring it it's better to have it not need it so, yeah true yeah always know where it's at too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take three <laughs> um finish line yeah so one of the cool things uh about spartan is as you get ready to finish there is a huge fire blazing yes like neck high yeah. you gotta jump right through it gotta go through it yeah <laughs> tiny little tiny little fire you gotta jump yeah. right yep that little hurdle yeah um but that's kind of one of the cool things that always finishes up and i think uh at like tough mutters and stuff don't they, they i think they have like a like an angled wall or something that's all slippery or something, right? You got to climb up with a rope and everything. So what is, so the other group is, uh, Savage. So what's Savage, uh, what's their final obstacle? Oh man. So Savage race, they are rig heavy, rig dominant. Okay. So they typically put a very hard rig at the end. Um, they want spectators to see it. So yeah, a lot of spectators will go to that area and whoever is the first runner there typically isn't the first runner through. So (laughs) it's actually really fun to watch. The rigs are extremely hard. Um, what's cool about Savage Race, there's no burpees. You have to get through the obstacles. So so yeah, for a pro. Yeah. Okay. So if you fail, you have to go back and you have to go back and do it again. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a kick in the ass right there. It Better is. get done in the first time. That's right. One and done. <laughs> Got to. Yeah. So how long is the, for Savage, like their final obstacle, how long is their, is their rig? Is it 20 feet, 10 feet, 15 yeah, it's, feet? I would say. And I'm going to guess it's probably yeah, a mix about, between rings and yep. twister. And Yeah. So actually they've got, they don't even use rings. They use uh, ropes. Um, they use this thing called a cheese board. So it's a very large board with holes in it that you are oh. not allowed to use your feet. So you're hanging underneath of it. Um, that's is it, extremely. Is it, like the, is it like the peg board? Close. Where you have to stick the pegs in the hole? And... Close, but no okay. pegs. Yeah. So same concept where you're just oh, trying just to go through and it bends. And oh, got it. It's, okay. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, they've got 
a ladder, like a rope ladder that you'll go to, but it's not suspended. So you're just swinging through the air. Um, they do a pretty gnarly combination. They, they like to do laches as well, which a lache is you're going from one bar to another attachment and you cannot grab it by grabbing the last bar. So you have to float in the air to the next oh, attachment, which like is that. pretty awesome. Go. Yeah. Yep. It's a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, the point is I, I, you should always like when you're signing up for any of these races, Savage, Tough Mudder, Spartan, to know exactly what obstacles you're getting into. Yes. Right. If you're yep. signing up for a, a Savage race, but you're so used to the Spartan exactly. th- style. Yeah. Know exactly what you're getting into. Yep. Um, now, the finish lines are always the same. You're always going to have some music. Enjoy it. It's like take the take it in and enjoy it and yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. Um, is there anything in particular that Spartan does at the finish line that kind of stands out like you want to hang out for? Yeah, I think so. Um, so right when you cross, they have like photo line um, photo finish photos, which is kind of cool. You just walk through and, you know, you can kind of take your picture or whatever you want to do with your medal and make it look awesome. Uh, you get a t-shirt, you get a fit aid, you get bananas, obviously like the fuel stations. Um, but you also get a free beer at the end if that's what you're into. So you can hang out, walk around with your friends and enjoy your free beer. Yeah. And yeah. One of the things I just remember <laughs> this, one of the things that Spartan used to do that I know that they don't do anymore, probably because of liability <laughs> deal is they, they used to have two guys standing at the finish line. <laughs> yeah. Remember that back in the day? Oh, yeah. A long Gla- time ago. Gladiators. Gladiators. Yeah. And you would have, and they would have the, their, I don't know, their foam sticks or yeah, something, their shields or whatever they yeah. had. And they just blocked the finish line. And you, I think people were running them over too yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. So that's what they used to have. You used to do the, the, the fire used to be the very front. Okay. Yeah. And then the last one used to be two gladiators that you had to go through. And so these, gla- these guys were, not my size gladiators. They were kind of like a, like a little bit smaller, not very muscular. Didn't, oh, right. didn't really have the, yeah. <laughs> at least the ones that I saw. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably not going to work out too yeah. well in the long stretch. So it's so they don't they don't do that anymore. But it's cool that they still have something there at the finish line to yeah. to kick off with. But yeah, it used to be where they did the fire first. So you get like you pretty much had like 35, 45 people all going through this fire pit all at one time. It's, oh, wow. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And it oh. just made, it made for a shit show. Old school. Yeah. Old they school. thought they started thinking it through. It's yeah, crazy. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Now we just need to get them to do three burpees versus 30. That's right. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm going to see what I can Next do. Next time you come in the office, I expect yes, it to be changed to three burpees. <laughs> all right. For anybody Sounds listening. Um, yeah. I, Tiff, that great tips. Um, I appreciate you coming in and, and, talking about what to look for when you go into the obstacle course racing, whether it's Spartan, Tough Mudder, Savage. Um, it's all about the training. It's all about getting that run in, making sure your endurance is up, obviously heavy on the upper body strength. Yeah. And making sure the shoulder mobility is a big thing. Right. Um, as you said. So, you know, if you've, I'll, I'll make sure to, uh, tag Tiffany's social media in the, in the, in the show notes here so you can reach out to her and message her if you got any questions i know she'd be happy to help out but yeah thanks a lot i appreciate it coming in Thank finally you so much. Coming God, in. took Jesus. me long enough took you long enough Shoot. so next time i'm gonna have you on the show i'm gonna start booking you out six months in advance we should probably talk now for the next one okay so no i appreciate you thank you so much
Oh my God, Tiffany Palmer in the studio. Amazing to have her here. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Like I said, super light, super fun uh, to talk about that type of stuff. We don't get a chance to do it very often. So hopefully anybody who hasn't had the opportunity to do an obstacle course event, took some of that information and, and can learn from it, know exactly where to train uh, with everything or how to train, I should say. Uh, if you need a spot and you're in the Oceanside Carlsbad area, take a look at MROC Training Facility. Uh, I'm going to give them a short plug here really quick. Um, they have done an amazing job with training for obstacle course racing. The the amount of equipment that they've got, the coaches that they've got in there to help get you ready for a Spartan race is unbelievable. So if you're in Oceanside, Carlsbad, San Diego County, or even South Orange County area, take a look at them. They are amazing. Yeah, like I said, guys, I, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I always have fun talking to Tiff. Uh, she's one of my favorite people. And, you know, it's... It's always informational. Like I love learning about new stuff like that. I haven't done a Spartan race in a long time, so it's probably good information for me if I was ever to get back into that zone of getting into a Spartan race. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you again, and uh, I will see you guys out on the trails real soon. Thanks, everybody. This episode of the Trail Life Podcast is brought to you by Solomon. Solomon is celebrating 75 years as a brand, and we're thrilled to have them as our presenting sponsor to the Trail Life Podcast and the Endurance Race Series. Their passion for outdoor sports, new technology, and craftsmanship has driven them and still does to create progressive gear to enable you to freely enjoy and challenge yourself in the great outdoors. Today, Solomon has an incredible lineup of road and trail running footwear and hydration gear, perfect for any runner on any terrain, no matter the challenge. Check them out today at your local running store like Runner's Roost or on Solomon.com. Music for the Trail Life Podcast is provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer.